Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of The Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa. I hope you are doing well today. In today's episode, I talk with Ashley T. She's actually a fellow Michigander with me and doesn't actually live very far from me, which is a small world. Um, We chat about her journey with endometriosis. Uh, At 17, she was told she had IBS and then her kidney was enlarged and only had 12% function. We chat about that, egg freezing, bowel, bladder, and so much more in today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're doing well. Take care. Hi, everyone. Today, I have Ashley T on the podcast, and she is from Michigan. She literally lives probably 10 minutes from my house, and we have been chatting over email, but have never met in person, even though we are so close. She is going to share her endo journey with us today. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So my name is Ashley I'm 33. Um, Like you said, I live in Michigan, not far from you. Um, I live with my husband and our Corgi and our cat. Uh, I love Corgis. (laughs) Yes, he is a lot of fun. His name is Gus. Uh, Lots of energy. And yeah, I work as a nurse at a primary care clinic. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. That well, thank you for coming on. And I, I like cats too. Sorry to get really excited That's about okay. the corgi, but <laughs> something about those short legs. I just yes. I love how they walk. You know, they're so they're, yep. they're so fun. They're so cute. <laughs> well, you know, you and I have emailed back and forth a little bit, and you definitely have been on a, a journey here over the past several years. So take yep. us from the beginning. Like, did you have painful periods when you were younger or when you started your period or, you know, how were your early years, like teen years? So I started my period when I was 11. Um, it wasn't painful at first. Um, it was fine for, I'd say until high school. And then I started having pelvic pain, um, which I thought was normal. (laughs) Um, in high school too, I started having GI symptoms. Um, didn't really look too much into it. Um, the, what kind of GI symptoms were you having? Like stomach aches, constipation, well, bloating? Uh, mostly diarrhea, honestly. Okay, so uh, the opposite, yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it was It was bad. It was worse on my period, but it would happen throughout the month as well, like to the point where I'd be like calling my mom from the bathroom stall to come pick me up from school. Uh, yeah. Like, so it was, it was rough. And were you just like, I? this is just something I have, like I just have diarrhea a lot. Yeah. So I, I did end up going to a primary care doctor after maybe a year or two of that. Um, they did stool studies. Everything was normal. They're like, you must have IBS. Of course. So, How old <laughs> yep. were you when you received that diagnosis? I was probably like 17 or 18. Yeah. So probably Young, 17. Young yeah. for an IBS diagnosis. I mean, yes. I, again, I'm not a medical professional, but that seems yeah. like a young age to just be yep. throwing out an IBS. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really know what else to call it. So yep. I, <laughs> um, I know it's the fallback. Yeah. I know. Um, and then, yeah, with the pelvic pain on my periods, I started, I told my mom, she had me go to the GYN for the first time and they put me on the pill when I was like 16. And the pelvic, was it cramps or like, what was the pain like? Were, was it yeah. on your cycle? Was it off your cycle? 
Yeah, at that point it was just on my cycle and I'd call it cramping. Um, and it was, it was there, but it wasn't like, I wasn't missing school. I wasn't like crying, but I was like, this is uncomfortable. I'd rather, I'd rather this not be happening. Of course. <laughs> so they're like, let's, yeah, they're like, um, let's try you on the pill, see if that helps. And it did. Okay. So the pill, you went on the pill at like 16 yeah. and, and that helped alleviate the symptoms a bit. Yep. Yeah. On your cycle where you still have pain, but it was just reduced. Yeah. I was still in a little pain, but it was, it was much better. It was tolerable. Um, didn't help the, um, bowel symptoms at all, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then you get on the pill, you're kind of just going day by day. What, what happens after that? So I stayed on the pill for about 14 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I tried a different couple, you know, a couple different pills throughout that time, um, but it was pretty well controlled. I'd say until like my mid 20s, late 20s, um, and then the pain started getting worse. Um, mid 20s too, I started having like bladder symptoms, so I'd always feel like I had a UTI. Would go in, they would test my urine, it'd be negative, and that happened many times, which was super frustrating. Were the bladder um, symptoms like pressure, like burning yeah. pressure? It wasn't so much burning, but like pressure. So pressure and frequency. Um, so I'd go to the bathroom, literally get up and I'd feel like I have to go again. I'm like, this isn't normal. Yeah. Yeah. And were you still having bowel symptoms as well at this time? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the bowel symptoms never went away. <laughs> right. So bowel, bladder, your pain's better because you're taking yeah. birth control. Yeah. But- are you just like this, like I'm in my twenties, what is going on? Exactly. Yeah. So, and over the years, like it's slowly, things started getting worse. Um, and then like late twenties, the pain on my period started getting really intense. Um, and I had a couple of friends that had IUDs, um, that stopped their periods. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can stop my period, stop the pain, that makes sense. Let's get an IUD. And at this point, like You've never heard the word endometriosis. You're just, you think that this pelvic pain is normal. Yeah. So I, I had heard of endometriosis, not, it was never brought up to me personally. Like, Hey, we think you have endometriosis, sure. um, but I had heard of it. I actually like when my period started getting worse, I had looked, looked it up on my own Yeah. and I read a few things and I'm like, no, that can't be me. My pain would be worse. <laughs> like I just, I must just be a baby. Like this is how everyone feels. It's fine. I can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I, under, um, <laughs> I, I completely under, I understand that. Okay. So yep. the IUD. Yes. So I got the IUD, um, went in, you know, told them what my symptoms were. Nobody really asked any more questions. They just said, okay, <laughs> sure. You had p- painful periods. Let's do this. Right. And was it a hormonal or non-hormonal? It was hormonal. So it was the okay. uh, Marina. Okay. Yep. Um, and it helped. I had it, um, it helped for a little over a year, year and a half. Okay. Um, periods went away. So that was great. Um, but yeah, about a little over a year and a half, um, then I started having, um, the pain again, wasn't having periods, but started having like abdominal and like pelvic pain. Um, didn't realize it was kind of cyclical, but eventually it led me to the ER. Yeah. Um, yeah. So So you were doubled over and something's wrong. Yep. So it was like 24 hours of pain and I'm like, okay, this isn't getting better. Sure. It was on like my right lower side. So I was worried it might be my appendix. Uh-huh. Understood. So I uh, went in for that. Um, they didn't do a pelvic exam, but they did a CT scan. Wasn't my appendix. 
and they found I had an enlarged left ovary and an enlarged left kidney um, mm-hmm. cyst on my kidney, and that was about it. And so, so what was the treatment plan with all of that afterwards? So they said to follow up with urology for the enlarged kidney and then follow up with a gynecologist. And this is still in your late 20s? So this- Or now you're in your early 30s. Is at this, this point, I'm probably 30, maybe 31. Okay. 31. Yeah, 31, because it was 2019. And were you just like, okay, this is weird. I'll get it checked out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it also was weird because they were, you know, they found things on the left side and I'm like, but that's not where my pain is. My pain is on the right side, but okay, I'll look into this because what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, so saw many gynecologists after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they ordered an ultrasound. Um, and that first ultrasound that came back showed all sorts of craziness happening <laughs> in my pelvic area. So there was show like um, fluid it probably showed like flu free fluid in the pelvis and yeah. how, do you remember how big the cyst was so they couldn't quite tell because they they kept calling it like a mass um so they said it could be less likely an endometrioma um they called there was like a tubular structure there was hematopinks, which is like bleeding in the fallopian yeah. tube yeah um, and then it just said there was like a, a mass on that left like tube ovary area so that it wasn't like clear definitions of Got each it. structure okay um and then there also ended up being a cyst on my right ovary as well that was smaller okay. that was only like yeah two and a half centimeters okay so, so at yeah. this point are they you're on an iud so they're not really going to offer you anything else what did what was the plan to watch so and wait well, they gave me the option. So she said we could add on a birth control pill um, or we could just do a repeat ultrasound in six weeks and see if it resolved on its own. Okay. Um, she did mention um, possible endometriosis at that point. So that was the first time I heard that. She okay. said she didn't think that was what was happening, but maybe. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to go on the pill in addition to the IUD. It's no. just too many hormones. Yes. That seems I'm like, if we don't even know what's going on, like, I don't want to do that. So like, let's just wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime too, I saw the urologist Okay. Um, for that hydronephrosis, that mm-hmm. enlarged kidney. Um, and they said similar things. So we we're going to order more tests. They want to do a, a kidney function test to see if that kidney function was affected um, and then kind of make a plan from there. But at this time, are, are you having any inkling that like all of this is related or does it just feel like separate issues? So they thought, um, based on that first CT scan, they thought that left ovary mass was pushing on that ureter possibly, which was Blocking causing, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're Got like, it. you know, if that cyst just goes away on its own, then maybe you're, you're going to be fine. Exactly. Then the hydronephrosis will resolve on its own. And they're like, yeah. you know, you've never had a CT scan. So maybe you've had an enlarged kidney for years. And, you know, we just didn't know it. So I'm like, were you having back pain okay. with the kidney? Interesting. Nope, not at all. So right. yeah, it was, I mean, I was having bladder symptoms, but no flanking. Yeah. Um, I never had. You're still having diarrhea at this point too? Yep. Yep. That never yep. went away. <laughs> never went away. So you were no. the bladder urgency and the diarrhea just was consistent throughout the this journey. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So you get all these tests, you're gonna watch and wait. Yes. What happens? 
Uh, so at this point, the, the pain's getting worse. So instead of just being on my period, now it's like 20 days out of the month. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Um, so we do a repeat ultrasound. It shows similar things like six weeks later. I end up going to the ER again. It's <laughs> getting worse. And then I'm worried about my kidney. Sure. Um, but yeah, they're pretty much like it's chronic at this point. You know, see your GYN. So then I see another gynecologist. He's like, okay, this is endo. Um, he offered Orlissa, which at that point I had done some research on my own and I'm like, I don't want Orlissa. Yeah. Um, he also told me that was the first time he said, since your tubes are effective, or are affected by this, you're likely going to need IVF because it's already pretty invasive. And at this point, I'd never even started to try having children. So sure. that was yeah, devastating. You're young. Yeah, oh, I'm so um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> this is part of it. Um, so he refers me to another, so he gave me the option of Orlissa or possibly surgery. Um, he's like, I don't do surgery. I'll refer you to another one. Okay. Um, so I see that doctor, turns out they scheduled me with the wrong doctor. I have to get rescheduled again. So it just keeps getting pushed back like a yeah. month each appointment. And um, you're just in more pain and more pain. Exactly. More pain. Yeah. Yes. Um, but finally I get an MRI. I see their endo specialist that they specialist. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um he, you know, says that I do need surgery. Um, mm. we're gonna have urology involved. We talked about colorectal being involved, but based on the MRI, he didn't think it had gone through my rectum. So he thought he could just kind of like shave off the top. Okay. He did do excisions. Okay. Um, so that was some good. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So we planned for surgery. So that was like September was when I saw him the first time. Okay. Um, September so of 2019? 2019. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then then what was going on so um, they're also keeping an eye on my kidney throughout this process yeah um was he saying they, at this point like we think the kidney is affected because of endo like this, yeah. now you know it's yeah. all connected okay exactly yeah okay. based on that mri they could tell more so that that um that mass was pushing on that ureter and compressing it so it was Got it. it was narrowed um and then so they do another kidney scan that's left kidney got down to like 12 percent function so wow. yeah, they decided to put a stent in okay. before surgery because they couldn't get surgery scheduled yet with both doctors, which was frustrating. Yes. So another procedure. Yes. Um, so yeah, they put the ureter stent in, which if anyone has had those, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. um, um, but that does buy some time so that that kidney won't worsen while we're waiting on surgery. Right. Um, and are you having any back pain or anything yet with the kidney? No. So, well, after the stent was put in, the stent excuse me, the stent symptoms are some, also similar to like that of a UTI. So at that point, it was worse worsening bladder symptoms all the time. Um, yeah. But again, I knew it was the stent, so it wasn't worrisome. It was just really a lot on top of the endo pain. Well, and for people who are listening and you don't know what a stint is, and Ashley is a nurse, so she can probably define it better, but I've had, I've only had stints in during the procedure, but mm -hmm. nothing left behind. But basically what it does is it, it opens up your ureter. So whatever, the, there's free flow. So there's no blockage, right? It's almost like, exactly, a, yep. like yep. a bridge. Yeah. Just keeps it open, keeps it 
Peyton, that. The urine can flow. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you get the stint. Then what happens? Obviously that was probably very painful. Yeah. So they put me under when they put it in. So oh, that okay. was, I was, Good. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time I had anesthesia actually. Oh um, that wasn't bad. It was just the after. Yeah. Um, um, and then they scheduled surgery for December at that, um, somewhere around there. Um, so I had my plan. I went and met with a reproductive endocrinologist at this point because, um, I don't know if I mentioned that endo doctor had also said, I'm probably going to need IVF. Um, the surgical plan was to remove my left ovary, left fallopian tube. Okay. Because that mass was just like, everything was connected and it was going to be too messy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had an endometrioma on my right ovary as well. Um, so he's like that ovary could be damaged during surgery. Um, so if you can do IVF, if you can freeze your eggs, that's recommended. Okay. So I did. Okay. <laughs> um, and what, was, how does that process work? I've, I've never done that. And I know yeah. that endo patients sometimes do this. So yeah. How yeah. do they do that? Take them out during the surgery or yeah. Let us know how um, that works. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, it was another separate procedure. <laughs> do you have to go under um, anesthesia for that as well? Yeah. Yep. Um, I actually had to have a cyst drain during that too. So it was interesting, but it's two weeks of medication. So um, the daily hormone injections, like three or four times a day. Um, so injections in your belly. It was, I mean, it wasn't pleasant, but it was tolerable. I thought it was going to make my symptoms worse. And I don't want to say it made it like very, very bad, but it was um, not as bad as I thought as far as the endo symptoms. Do you still it. have the IUD in at this point or did they take it out? Oh yeah, I missed that. So the- Back in August, when they scheduled me with the wrong doctor, he did remove the IUD because he's like, your symptoms started after the IUD was put in. Let's take it out and see if it helps. Things got worse after worse. the IUD was out. Yeah. My period came back and it was angry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was angry. He, it was like, yeah. here I come. I'm coming back to tell you. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I'm here. Yes. Yes. I'm here. I just wanted to let you know that I'm here. Okay. Yeah. So, Okay. So you have eggs frozen and yep. what month is this now? So all of this has happened. How are you feeling like mentally during all of this? It's just so much happening at one time. Yeah, it was a lot. Cause it was, this is all happening in like one year. So this is all 2019. Yeah. It's just constantly one thing after the other. So it was like mentally, I was just drained physically. Yeah. I was drained. It was a lot. Uh, my husband was amazing throughout all of this. Good, thankfully, good. he yeah was very supportive. Um, so that was yeah, helpful. something that you know I don't feel like I talk about enough on here, but I was just talking with some other patients yesterday, like mm-hmm. just the time scheduling appointments, making appointments, talking to the office staff. Yeah. Sometimes the office staff, and I hate to say this, but at doctor's office are super rude and you're yep. going and you're like at your breaking point because you're just trying to get help. And yeah. that's just such a huge part of it that I feel like is never talked about it. And the financial aspect. I mean, all yeah. of that on top of not feeling well, it's, it's yeah. a lot. It is. It really is. There's so many different aspects of it that just make everything worse. <laughs> yeah. It, it just intensified, right? Like it's just, yep it's, it's a, every day, it's just kind of like, what little step can I take today? And, you know, in a positive way, the way that I always try to look at is like, 
okay, what four steps can I take today? And if I only get three of them done, well, I only call this office. I'm the call. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Do what you can. Do your best. Yeah. Okay. So after, so you have your eggs frozen. What month is that? So this is December, 2019. So, okay. And um, you're supposed to have surgery in December as well. I was, um, but I called the office to ask like a, one, a pre-op question and they're like, well, that's weird. You don't have surgery um, scheduled. Oh no. <laughs> so oh, they had canceled no. the surgery. didn't tell me um, because they couldn't coordinate the urologist that same date, but no one told me for over oh. a month. Oh so my gosh. It, yeah, that was so Going back to doctor's yes. offices and, and frustrating yep. things. And yes, <sighs> we were able to get it rescheduled. I actually called the patient advocate. It was intense because I'm like this is unacceptable yeah, <laughs> um, but they yeah. got me rescheduled for I think it was like one or two weeks later so it wasn't too bad okay um but was it but, January yeah. now yes so now it's in January um and so uh I ended up having a January 6th and going into that surgery um the plan was to they're going to do excision remove the ovary the fallopian tube um the endometrioma on the right side. And then they were going to actually cut out a piece of my ureter and reattach it to a different spot in my bladder. If that didn't work, I had signed a consent for them to remove that kidney. Um, So that was like a less case or worst case scenario. Um, But yeah, going into that, it was scary. Wow. Yeah. Um, But thankfully surgery. Huge. Yes. Um, but surgery went better than expected from a urology standpoint. They didn't have to do that. They actually didn't have to cut it. They were able to just, once they removed, um, that mass and that ovary and that tube, um, that helped, they actually excised and burned some of the endo off that ureter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the urine was able to flow through, so they didn't have to cut anything out. So that was goodness. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was in January. A couple of weeks later, my bowel symptoms got worse. Mm. And so did they say um, anything in your follow-up about the bowel? They did. So I had um, reached out to my surgeon because I'm like, this is getting, I was having rectal pain just on my period before the surgery, mm-hmm. but now it's two weeks after I haven't had a cycle yet. And I'm having severe rectal pain daily, like a pressure in my rectum. Yeah. Um, I was going to the bathroom like 20 to 30 times a day. It was, oh my goodness. It was awful. Um, so he's like, give it some time. We'll see if it gets better. It didn't. <laughs> um, so then he referred me to a colorectal surgeon. Um, did he say, did you have a, before you go into the colorectal, did you mm-hmm. have a follow-up appointment with him? Did he say like, you have stage X, like this is where we found it. We sent it to pathology. Yep. So I had stage four. Mm -hmm. Um, he found it everywhere. Um, and obliterated cul-de-sac. He did. Yeah, he did. Took uh, the ovary and the two? He did. Yep. Okay. He took both on the left side. He actually drained the endotrioma on the right ovary. Okay. Which is good because it helps. I mean, you're less likely to damage that ovary, but bad because it's more likely to return. The cyst wall is still there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so that was your follow-up. So now you're having these bowel symptoms and pain. Yeah. Okay. So you call the colorectal surgeon Yeah. or so doctor. Had, yep. It, yeah. Well, he, no, he was a surgeon. Surgeon. Okay. Um, 
so I go in, I see him. He tells me I'm not a surgical case and <laughs> that he thinks I have pelvic floor dysfunction, which I, I agree with, but yeah. it's more than that. Yeah. Um, but he did order a colonoscopy. Okay. So that was one good thing from that visit. Yeah. Um, so I have that eventually um, in June, that colonoscopy, but they weren't able to complete it um, because the scope wouldn't go fit, in. Yeah, it would go, it wouldn't some, but they couldn't pass a certain spot because it was too narrow. There was like a mass. They called it like an infiltrative bulky mass pushing on it. Um, AKA endometriosis. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was. Um, yeah, so that was did the previous doctor just not see that when he was in there or not um, feel that he had the right skill set to take care of that? He thought that he had, he knew he had left some, but he thought he had taken enough that it would improve my symptoms. Got it. Um, so he, even after my post-op appointment, he did an exam. He said he could still feel some, okay. but he really thought it had, he had taken like debulked it enough that it would help me. Got um, it. But unfortunately, that yeah. Yeah. Not the case. <laughs> so January to June, like you're, mm -hmm. are you still just having these bowel symptoms for this whole time yep. before that colonoscopy? How are yeah. you feeling otherwise? Like, how's your recovery? How's your cycle? Uh, my cycle, not good. <laughs> Honestly, my That's like daily okay. pelvic pain, yeah, mm -hmm. daily pelvic pain got better for a couple months. Um, but my cycles were never good. I was calling out sick from work the first day yeah. and the day before every month. Um, literally like screaming, crying, crawling. Um, he did prescribe Norco for my <laughs> cycles just to take like a half tab sure. on the like first and second so day because I was like, through. I can't function. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So after yeah. the colonoscopy, they can't perform it. Now what happens? Um, so then my um, gynecologist calls me, tells me he saw the results of that. And he's like, yes, that's endo. You're going to need a bowel resection. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, most likely you might need an ileostomy, but it would be temporary. Um, so that's, he's like, you know, you're going to have to talk to colorectal and get that scheduled. Okay. So finally talked to that colorectal surgeon, which took forever to reach him. Um, and he, I talked to him on the phone and he just did not make me feel comfortable. He said the plan was going to be definitely an ileostomy. Um, he didn't really have experience with endo. Um, mostly colorectal surgery, um, sorry, mostly um, cancer surgery. And so I'm like, it's just not the same. Yeah. I'm sure you're a skilled surgeon with that, but it's not, it's not the same. I know it presents differently. Yeah. Um, so I actually had scheduled surgery with them in the meantime, had a second and third opinion um, by two different nook surgeons. Good. And went with one of those. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, so I actually went with um, Dr. King at the Cleveland Clinic. Highly okay. recommend her. Okay. Um, she works with a colorectal surgeon, so they have like a team approach. Um, he's very skilled with endo as well. Um, so she was amazing from the first phone call because she's in Ohio. I'm in Michigan, yeah. so um, like a three-hour drive. Um, but she was amazing. Like when I talked to her on the phone the first time, she's like, "You've come to the right place. We do this all day, every day." Thank you. <laughs> yes, that's so good to hear. Yeah, because in Michigan, for people listening, we only have one doctor, but he that 
is at least skilled, but he's been on medical leave for a really, really long yeah. time. Yeah. So people are really struggling. So it's nice to hear that there's someone three hours away. Yeah, definitely worth the drive. Okay, good. Um, so went forward um, with surgery with Cleveland. Um, that ended up happening in September. Of 2020. Yep, of this past year. So 2020, um, that was quite the intense surgery. So it was like eight and a half hours. Um, wow. They did it. Yeah. So she did excision again. She and I know it's everywhere again. Um, so I'm like, do you think it like grew back? And she was like, there's no way this grew back that quickly. So yeah. removed some definitely, but there's still a lot there. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something to note there again, not a medical professional and always seek advice, but I just think some doctors think they they think they've removed it or they've removed enough, but if they aren't a specialist or have the skill set, I just, just like, I don't have the skill set to do accounting, right? Like that's, yeah. I am a marketer. So like, that's not my skill set. I could do a little bit, but it's yeah. not my expertise. Right. And I think I, my first surgeon, he was skilled. I don't want to say he wasn't skilled. Sure. He was, but he also took a more conservative approach. I really didn't want to have an ostomy. Um, yeah. So he's like, we'll do a more um, conservative approach. And turns out that wasn't <laughs> a, but I think it probably led you down the right path of, it finding, did. Yeah. of finding I, this other doctor. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this could have been one surgery. Definitely. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's for sure. Okay. So September you have your surgery eight hours. Yep. yep. So they did a bowel resection and then a loop ileostomy. They removed 25 centimeters of my um, part of my colon and my rectum um, in the hospital for like eight days. It was very hard. Awful. And during yes. COVID, could you have visitors yeah. or no? I could have one. So it had to be the Good. same visitor um, every day, which is fine. So my husband was there, but then he also had to stay in Cleveland <laughs> for yeah. um, longer than expected because I had complications after um, I had an ileus and so my, my bowel didn't wake up after. So it was very unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and also too, I, so they told me before I might have the ostomy and I woke up with it and I had prepared kind of, but really was hoping it wouldn't happen. So that was just very difficult yeah. like mentally to deal with after. For sure. I mean, one, two, two years almost, you've really had so many procedures. You, yeah. you went through so much in two, two years, essentially. Yep. It was, it was a lot. Um, yeah. Oh, I also want to make a comment. I found this interesting, and which is why it's so important to get your medical records after and like your surgical report. They had commented that in my rectum, it had the consistency of concrete. <laughs> so, in like, the first well, surgery? No, and this one. So this oh, in this September one. surgery. Yeah. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to read those, but yeah. you know, after they're like, I don't know how you were going to the bathroom. I was like, I, I Told you guys. Yes. Right. Right. You're, yes. So um, you're in the hospital. You. I'm sure you have that. You know, this isn't that long ago. So how are, how were how's the recovery? How are things going after that? Recovery was rough after that. <laughs> um, just because of that, me though. Uh, my daily like pelvic pain. Um, once 
I wasn't having like the surgical pain that was mm -hmm. much better my periods were so much better the first couple um I still had rectal pain um which I, I do want to mention this because I still had rectal pain and I was really scared that they had missed something and I was like oh my god this is just going to be my life yeah. um but after I want to say the first two maybe the third one um the rectal pain had gotten it was it was gone um so so maybe there's just some inflammation from the surgery or something pressing on nerves or who knows. Yeah, it, it was nerve. Yeah. So they're like, your body is so used to like having your nerves respond that way, give it time and it will yeah. um, get better. And, and it did. So God. now my periods are so much better. Oh my I can go to work. I'll take like, you know, one Tylenol or a couple ibuprofen like once that day. Amazing. Just, just you know, function. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Wonderful. I think that's what it's supposed to be like. Exactly. I'm like, I think this is what a normal person feels like on their period. Yeah. This, right. Is, this is good. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was, so that's me now. I did get my ileostomy reversed. So that okay. was great too. Did you have to go back um, to Ohio to do that or could, yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. That's I've been okay. in Ohio quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it, it's okay. It was worth it. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had that reversed on New Year's Eve. Okay. Um, so now I'm seven weeks happy, out. Happy new, you know, starting the new year off <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. Different kind of celebration, but that's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so how are things going with the bowel now? Do you, in your stomach and your bladder, like how is everything? I know it's only been seven yeah. weeks, so you're yeah. still healing, but how are you overall feeling? So with the bowel, it's still, so after you have an ileostomy reversal, it takes, they said six to 12 months for your body to get back to normal. Yeah. I don't know what my normal will be. Sure, sure. Um, but it's still better. So I still have to go to the bathroom frequently. Yeah. Um, but not 20, 30 times a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not painful. It's not painful. Good. Good. So it's very tough. <laughs> Good. And you're like, yeah. you feel like you can eat. I mean, do you have to be on a special diet right now as things are adjusting, like a low fiber diet? Exactly. Yeah. So after they said um, four to six weeks, the low fiber, like softer food. So I'm at seven weeks, but honestly, okay. I'm afraid. I understand. <laughs> I'm slowly introducing yeah. things. Sure. I'm just so scared because it's still, I'm still at risk for an obstruction. Um, and that yeah. pain is not yeah. something you want to do. <laughs> no, no, it's so, not. Taking it easy. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you're feeling better and you look amazing. I mean, you look very good color in your cheeks and everything. So for, if anyone wants to watch this on YouTube, I forget to plug, but I do put the videos on YouTube of us chatting, but if you're listening, um, Ashley has good color in her cheeks after all those Thank procedures. Um, so as a nurse, do you mm -hmm. feel like, gosh, like how, I, I know several nurses actually with endo that just look back and they're like, how did I, how did I not know about this yeah. and work in how the medical? I, exactly. Field. How did I just accept this and just like, yeah, exactly. Especially because I had heard of endo. And again, like I looked sure. it up, I just thought it would be worse. Like yeah. my, you know, like, and I think we underestimate our bodies and we're just like, this is normal. Like yeah. I'm just being a baby, this pain, everybody feels a similar pain to this and I just can't tolerate it. Yeah. That's not the case. So, um, yeah, definitely listen to your body. Yeah. Um, I will say like dealing, being a patient instead of um, a nurse has been interesting. It's just really frustrating the healthcare yeah. system. So many things like, you know, doctors not calling back for weeks or, you know, surgery being canceled. And 
yeah. <laughs> fighting the patient. It's just crazy. And it definitely makes me more empathetic to patients. Like I would never want this to happen to someone. So I wouldn't, it's, I feel like it's made me be a better nurse, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's made me just a more empathetic person in general, just, yeah. and that's why I do get frustrated sometimes when people are rude at doctor's offices. I want to be like, do you know, like how much energy it took me just to pick up this phone? You know, I've, I've been yeah, on 12 like, calls already today trying to get help, you know? So I think that's yeah. such a, such a big point. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that with yeah, us. No we really appreciate it. Is there anything, um, any tips or any advice that you want to give everybody who's listening? I always ask this because I think there's so many great yeah. tips that can help people get through everything. Um, I would say too, I don't think I even mentioned this, pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, I started that after my September surgery and I think that has helped um, as well. So I would recommend that. Um, I know everybody already uses a heating pad, but if you buy the Thermacare extra large ones for your back, flip it around, it's a bigger surface area. Yes. Highly, rec <laughs> highly recommend that. Um, what else? Um, support groups online I found helpful. Yeah. Um, obviously, Nancy's Nook, I'm, I know you've mentioned that, but just finding the right. Yeah. Or local. Sometimes local, mm -hmm. there's some local ones that have meetups. I mean, outside of COVID, I yeah. agree with you. Having a community is very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, sure. you know, your friends and family try and they're definitely supportive, but to talk to people that have gone through the, you know, something similar helps. Yeah. And even like with the ileostomy, that, that was really hard for me mentally. Um, I yeah. didn't know anyone that personally had one. So sure. I found a couple girls on Instagram um, and chatted with them. And that was helpful. <laughs> Good. That's a great tip though. I mean, it really does yeah. help to talk to someone who's been through it and you can ask them advice. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like I said before, getting your records, because I don't think I mentioned this either. That first gynecologist I saw after my first ER visit, when I looked at her documentation, she had put in my record, she thought she's uh, felt an endo spot and didn't tell me. So, you know, read your records because you might find out things about yourself. You know what I do now is I have like a full binder. I I'm literally the person, like I should probably scan it all and put it in like a Google doc, but I, I literally have like this, and I'm just like walking around with my binder yep. because you have to. <laughs> I agree with you. You know, I had surgery with a doctor that swore up and down that they did excision. And then I read mm -hmm. the operative report and they didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> I was just like, it, this was years, you know, I didn't read it like right after. And then yeah. years later when I knew what excision was, I was like, oh my goodness, this doctor yeah, didn't do excision. So I agree with you read and reading them. And if you have questions about them, asking your doctor is, yep. or Absolutely. you can always go to trusty Google too, and just kind of that see what true. they mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, definitely talking to your medical professional and say like, what was this? What did this mean? Like, yeah. Why did you do you this? Tell me this. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Is there yeah. anything else you want to share before we go? I don't think so. I think that's it. I appreciate you having me on here. Oh, thank you so much for coming on and being so brave to share your story. And you've been through a lot, but it sounds like you are on, on the next path. I hope so. Yeah. Hopefully well. I'll be, yes. Hopefully it'll be smooth sailing at least for a little while. <laughs> yes, it will be. It will be. 
Great. Thank well, you. thank yeah. you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate your support, listening in, and all of your positive feedback. It means so much to me. If you'd like to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it if you could do that on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get more guests, helps us get higher search ranking, and I just really appreciate all of that good feedback because it helps people discover the Cycle Podcast. Also, if you want to keep the conversation going, please join the Facebook group. There is the link in the show notes, and it's just a group, a very small group of people who listen to the podcast and guests who have been on the podcast if you want to further the conversation. And lastly, this podcast is not a replacement for medical advice or treatment, so always have to put that disclaimer in there. Please always, always talk to your doctor. And thank you so much for listening, supporting the cycle. It means everything to me. And I just hope that this is helping you and you're feeling okay today. Thank you again. Thank you.